Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And Solomon inherited David. He said, O oh people, we have been taught the language of birds, and we have been given from all things. Indeed, this is evident bounty. Sadaqallahu al-Ali al-Azim. Before I start the show, I'd like to send our deepest heartfelt condolences to the Imam of our time, Imam Sahib al-Asri wa-Zaman, on the martyrdom of Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam May Allah grant us the visitation of the holy city of Najaf so that we can recite the ziyarah by his side. Last night we looked at the life of Prophet Dawood And of course you can't examine the life of Prophet Dawood without examining his son's life, Prophet Sulaiman If you haven't watched the episode that we did do on Prophet Dawood yesterday, then please do go back and watch that on our YouTube and Facebook, they will be uploaded there. But please continue following us on this Ramadan special by watching us on any IPTV, YouTube and Facebook, your iOS and Android devices by downloading the Imam Hussein TV app. As I mentioned, tonight we'll be looking at the life of Prophet Sulaiman salam. A prophet mentioned 17 times in the Quran. We'll be looking at the blessing that Allah bestowed upon him. I'm your host Minhal Khafaji. And the life of Prophet Sulaiman alayhi salam with Dr. Sayyid Amman Nakhshawani. Sayyidna, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. How are you doing today? Very well, thanks. Condolences to all the viewers on these holy nights. May Allah bless you and bless your families. And inshallah, bless the families of our beloved ones who died in that car crash in yeah. California. May Allah give them patience in this period. <laughs> and may their families remember Amir al-Mu'mineen and his intercession, inshallah. Ya Allah, inshallah. Now, Sayyidna, over the past few nights, I've asked you pretty much about every Prophet, the meaning of their names. Prophet Sulaiman, can we gather a meaning for the name Sulaiman? Well, if you're looking within the name Sulaiman, you'll see that the word Salim can easily be derived. When someone is a person of Silm or is Salim, what does that mean in the English language? He is someone who's peaceful. peaceful. But when it comes to a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he is somebody who is Salim, that normally refers to the fact that his heart was a qalb which was Salim. Because we know very well that on the day of judgment, nothing is going to avail us. Our wealth and our money and our children in all the different forms of sustenance that God's given us. They will be of no avail like having a pure heart. In the munajat of Imam Ali alayhi salam, which millions upon millions of the lovers of Amir al-Mu'mineen recite on these nights, we state, Allahumma inni as'aluka al-amana yawma la yanfa'u malun wa la banoon. Illa man ata Allah biqalbin salim. Oh Allah, I ask and I seek refuge in you. On a day where our wealth and our children will be of no avail to us. Mm-hmm. How much wealth I have, how many houses I have, how many cars I have. How many investments I've made, how many children I'm proud of. They'll be of no avail on that day. The children will be worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. And the wealth will not speak too much. Although sadaq al may come in handy. Mm-hmm. What is going to be beneficial for all of us. Is the qalb which is salim. Mm-hmm. 
We don't want khatam Allah ala qulubihim. We don't want our hearts to be sealed. We want rather to have a qalb which is at peace. Therefore many are of the opinion that he was given that name Sulaiman to indicate the purity and the peaceful nature of his heart. We can have many things at peace in our lives, but there's nothing like having a heart that's at peace. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless all. To either be named one day Sulaiman or to have the beauty of being a person of sin. Yes. Now Sayyidina, he is known to have profound knowledge at a very young age, next to his father, of course, Prophet Dawood alayhi salam. And there's a story that's particularly interesting. It's mentioned in chapter 21, verse 78. Surah Al-Anbiya Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim And mentioned David and Solomon when they judged concerning the field When the sheep of a people overran it at night And we were witness to their judgment Sadaqallahu al-Aliyah Yeah, from a very young age Because remember he becomes a prophet of God at the age of 13 And his father wants those around him to be aware that this is my successor that this is the person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen. His father cannot choose. <laughs> nor can Nubuwa be inherited. Otherwise, every son's going to have a claim to say that I should be the Prophet because <laughs> I am also a son of a Prophet. <laughs> so, what Prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do is normally, if there is a case and it's coming near the announcement of the prophethood of another Prophet, they will make it clear to the people. That this is, for example, the prophet after me. In this case, you had a world at that time, a world made up of farmers and made up of shepherds. Farmers concerned with their crops. And shepherds concerned with their sheep. Farmer's worst nightmare is that shepherd next door having his sheep come over and do what? Eat the produce, eat what's on that fertile land. Yes. When this one farmer had come, mm-hmm. and he had said, listen, I have a complaint to make. Mm-hmm. Dawood was there, alayhi salam, and so was Sulaiman. And so were others. But here, Nabi Dawood, alayhi salam, wanted to make clear that this Sulaiman, there is a difference between someone whose knowledge is huzuri and someone whose knowledge is husuli. Husuli knowledge may be someone who acquires ilm from a teacher. Huduri knowledge is immediate knowledge. Therefore, students of mantaq logic or students of theology, ilm al-kalam, will have come across the discussions concerning ilm al-husuli and ilm al-huduri. There are many great personalities out there who have ilm husuli. They're able to hassal al-ilm. He's able to gain knowledge from a particular person. But ilm huduri, that immediate knowledge, mm-hmm. in some cases wahi, in other cases ilham, mm-hmm. is reserved for particular personalities. So what you had in this story is that when the farmer came to complain, he said, look, my fields have been damaged by that shepherd's sheep. Okay. I want compensation. The Quran gives us an indication that Dawood and Sulaiman were both sitting there. Mm. And either some believe Dawood gave an opinion, Sulaiman gave an opinion, mm-hmm. 
and that Sulaiman's opinion was the one to be taken as the opinion on this case. And that what was normally the verdict was that look, because your animals have done that to this person's farm, you've got to give all of them away. Mm. That used to possibly be the law of Bani Israel or given to the Israelites from the law of Nabi Musa at the time. Remember, they're all following the Sharia of Musa. Musa. We still haven't come to Prophet Jesus. Mm-hmm. But Nabi Sulaiman says, however, there is another opinion indicating that there may have been an abrogation of the previous opinion. What we call in the world of Quranic sciences and Nasakh wal Mansukh. The abrogated verses of the Quran. Mm-hmm. Some say there are over 20. Others say there's only one. Uh-huh. You find, for example, Ayatollah al Khoi, may Allah bless his soul, would say that the ayah in the Quran that was abrogated, the only one which existed and then was abrogated, not to be used anymore. Uh huh, yeah. Was Ya Ayuhaladina Amanu, Ida Najaytum Rasula, Fakadimu Baina Yede Najwa Kum Sadaka. O you who believe when you come and sit with the Prophet, peace be upon him, his family, pay a Sadaqa. Of course, Arabs, when they hear, they have to pay. No one's interested yep. in learning. If now you put a lecture out there and there is a £10 ticket, mm. you've got people hesitating. Yeah. How the £10 he spends on a shisha with his friends. Having a meal, a sandwich, whatever, you tell him conference ten pound, fifteen pound, twenty pound. People start hesitating. Not interesting. I remember <laughs> even the Shabab al Akbar. They mm. were telling me that last year when they were doing Muharram and Mashallah, they continue to do very good work. Uh, they were telling me that in the car park, sometimes they'd have a situation mm-hmm. where they'd want, you know, you just give some donation, and people would be yeah. bringing all sorts of excuses. Now, people, you're gaining ilm. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to pay, but help these guys out. Exactly. Ya ayu alladina amanu, ida na jaytum rasula faqadimu bayna yadayna jawakum sadaqa. None of the companions paid except Imam Ali alayhi salam. Then after that, nobody had to pay sadaqa. It was an honor of Imam Ali alayhi salam. Likewise, here, Nabi Sulaiman said, not all the animals are to be given to the person. Rather, the produce for that year of mm-hmm. wool and milk. And any lambs which are born from those sheep, for example, yeah. those are to be given one year, that's it. In this moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed that Nabi Sulaiman has that ilm to be able to judge legal cases. Because mm-hmm. we know his father wasn't just a malik, nor a nabi only. He was also the qadi, the judge. Yeah. And this ilm, and this highlights in Islam, the person who takes up the position of leading the Muslim community must be aware of the different sciences. We just mentioned earlier mantiq, we mentioned kalam, we've mentioned now fiqh and the understanding possibly of the world of sharia and law. All of these are vital. You can't just have any Tom, Dick and Harry mm-hmm. come and give his own ijtihad. Qala fulan, qala fulan and so on. Rather it needs to be knowledge that has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now saying that people look at maraja for example um, in today's Mm-mm. day and age. Mm-mm. Yes, go ahead. But how is it? How is it that two prophets can have 
two different I'll leave that question. How is it two prophets can have two different opinions as we look in chapter twenty one verse seventy nine? Says Bismillah Rahman Rahim and we gave understanding of the case to Solomon and to each of them. We gave judgment and knowledge and we subjected the mountains to exalt us along with David and also the birds and we were doing that. And then after it says and we taught him the fashioning of Sure, this question is asked by people that if David has is a prophet and Sulaiman is a prophet then how is it the case that a prophet could give an opinion another prophet gives an opinion Allah accepts one does that mean the other one's wrong some even reach the conclusion Nabi Dawood never gave an opinion Nabi Dawood was sitting there and had knowledge of the laws of Bani Israel but he let Nabi Sulaiman give the answer and so those who try to come and say, well, Nabi Dawood may have given an answer. Yes, Nabi Dawood may have given an answer. He could have given the answer as to the original law of Bani Israel. Mm-hmm. But then that law is abrogated by the knowledge that Nabi Sulaiman is given. Therefore, you can have two prophets of Allah in the Quran. At a certain point, the law on one issue may have affected that group of people. Later, it's abrogated. Even we find the Holy Prophet, peace be upon his family. There was a time when the idda of the widow was one year. What's the idda of the widow now in Islam? Four months and ten days, Ahsan. Four months and ten days is the idda of the widow. Idda of the divorcee, three months, let's say. Idda of the widow, four months and ten days. Before that, it was one year. There was a group of people who lived by that. There may have been certain punishments which Bani Israel used to met out, which Islam abrogated. So what we're saying is therefore, Prophets of Allah, one may give a verdict according to a certain time, another may give a verdict on a different time. Ahsan. Well, Sayyidina, I'll ask you that question now. Sure. People look at maraja today and, you know, say, why do they have different opinions? For example, on fasting hours, like Ayatollah Shirazi, how do we explain this? And could this be called ishtihad? Firstly, in the case of Nabi Dawood, Nabi Sulaiman, it's not ishtihad. That knowledge is direct from Allah. Mm-hmm. In the case of our maraja, it's known as ijtihad. Mm-hmm. No marja actually will say this is Allah's law. They'll say this is my struggle through the literature and the framework we have to find what could be Allah's law. Ascent. Therefore, if there is an opinion which Ayatollah, for example, Shirazi gives on fasting, mm-hmm. Ayatollah al-Khoi, Ayatollah al-Sistani, may Allah lengthen all of their lives you find that each one gives a different opinion as to, for example, verification, let's say, of the moon sighting, mm. or the length of the hours of fasting. Ayatollah uh, Shirazi, people say, look at these uh, Shirazis. Uh, interesting title. I, I prefer people just say, well, just look at this group of Shia who do the taqlid of Ayatollah Shirazi. But anyway... Mm. Inshallah, this ignorance and disease in our community one day will go. Because all these different groups are really, are really people who are trying to get to the knowledge of the Prophet, peace be upon him, his family. But we've now become groupies and fighting each other and having nonsense with each other. May Allah restore the unity. What you have therefore, Ayatollah Shirazi, his opinion, when people see some of his followers who are breaking their fast, let's say, at 7, 7.30 in London. Mm-hmm. He looks at this issue and says, sometimes there are abnormalities which occur in Islamic law. 
For example, there are certain countries in the world today, let's say certain Scandinavian countries, yeah. where people are not even able to tell when it's Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, because complete darkness, you know, mm-hmm. hardly get any light. Light, and so those people may refer, and this is an abnormality in salah. They may refer to the nearest country where they have a particular order. Likewise, when it comes to fasting, he says that the normal hours, what is perceived as normal hours of fasting, would be 17 and a half. Anything mm-hmm. above this, we go in the same way we have abnormality in salah, we may have abnormality in issues of fasting. Mm-hmm. That if somebody in, in the north of Sweden is fasting 21 and a half hours, mm-hmm. it's an abnormality. Yeah. And you may have somebody fasting three hours, for example, four hours. And so in that case, you break your, you start your fast mm-hmm. at Fajr of where you're living. Then you look at areas of normality, Mecca, for example, or parts of Iraq such as Najaf or Karbala. Mm-hmm. See how long they're fasting at the hours to the time of Fajr. And then yeah. you break your fast at that time. Mm-hmm. That is no issue. You know, having that opinion, that's his ijtihad. Mm. Like Ayatollah Al-Khoi and Ayatollah Sistani have their ishnihad when it comes to moon sighting mm-hmm. on the horizons. So this is something that is normal that can take place. Mm-hmm. Nobody caused the hoo-ha when they saw that Nabi Dawood may have given opinions on this issue in the past and Nabi Sulaiman has given a new opinion on this issue. Mm-hmm. No one caused the hoo-ha. Likewise today when I see people saying, but you know what, my marja says this, who's your marja, who do you taqlid of? Ah, for example, myself, I do taqlid of Ayatollah Sistani. But that does not stop me from benefiting and learning from the opinions of other maraja who are alive. May Allah Ahsan. lengthen the lives of our maraja, inshallah. Ahsan, Sayyidina. Now, Sayyidina, Prophet Sulaiman, when his father, Prophet Dawood, died, he was devastated. But how was the janazah? Janazah was one of the most amazing funerals you could ever have in the history of the prophets of Allah. Thousands turned up. Mm. Thousands. Where would you get a ruler as humble as Dawood Where would you get a ruler as just as Dawood Where would you get a ruler as soft-hearted as Nabi Dawood It's an amazing sight when we leave this world and there are people who remember our good deeds. Mm-hmm. May Allah bless us all with a death where our sadaqa jariya mm-hmm. is that as our smiles is our knowledge, is our helpfulness. And that's what Nabi Dawood received. Nabi mm-hmm. Sallallahu was devastated. But when you see thousands of people at your father's funeral who all loved him, it was an amazing sight. Yeah. I think only two leaders will come to my mind when you ask that question, Rasulullah and Imam Ali alayhi wasalam. Now, Sayyidina, in the verse that I quoted in the beginning, uh, chapter 27, verse 16, it says, Sulaiman inherits Dawood. Does he inherit his nubuwa? You can't inherit prophethood. So what does that mean, he inherits Dawood? Wawaritha Sulaiman Dawood. You can't inherit prophethood. Prophethood is a decision mm-hmm. or a covenant between Allah and that prophet. Mm-hmm. You don't inherit it. Qabil could have said, I should inherit nubuwa from Adam. True? True. Nuh son should have said, I can inherit nubuwa. Is a, prof- is a proof that prophets are inherited in terms of their wealth. Mm. Someone says, but there's a hadith that says, we the prophets don't leave behind mm-hmm. inheritance or wealth. 
Wait, hadith overrides Quran? Sorry, I'm baffled here. <laughs> Quran is saying, Wawaritha Sulaiman? Dawood. Why are you taking me to the hadith? <laughs> Secondly, even if there is such a hadith, prophets, what they mean when they say that is that what? Is that we, when we leave this world, we don't leave behind money. It's the ilm that we leave behind. Mm. Our knowledge is well behind. We don't concern about leaving behind, oh, I left this, uh, this amount of money and my whole concern is my money. No, my concern is that before I leave the world, that there is someone who inherits this and looks after it in a halal way. Ascent. The Quran is saying, وَوَرِثَ Sulaiman Dawood. Someone says, okay, but you... See in the Quran, Allah says, Inna Allah astafa Adam, Nuh, Al Ibrahim, Al Imran. So if there is no inheritance, why does Allah say, Al Ibrahim will be all Anbiya? Not everybody from Al Ibrahim. Not everybody. La yanalu ahdi al-dhalimeen. Therefore, wa waridha Sulaiman Dawood, he inherited the wealth of his father. Mm-hmm. His father's wonderful horses he inherited. The palace he inherited. The rings he inherited. He inherits all of these. Prophets, Quran for goodness sake says, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَكُمْ الْمَوْتِ إِنْ تَرَكَ خَيْرًا الْوَصِيَّةِ لِلْوَالِدَيْنِ وَالْأَقْرَمِينَ It is prescribed upon you that before death comes upon you, mm-hmm. You leave behind a certain amount of wealth, you write it in a wasiyah. So that's prescribed on everybody except NBA. NBA have not got any wealth. So what, Nabi Dawood was that wealthy? What happened to his wealth? They said, oh, you know, NBA just leave it as sadaqah. Nonsense. NBA, alayhi salam, what do we find with them? That they leave behind wealth inherited by their family members. Mm-hmm. Son can inherit. Daughter can inherit. Unless you have a jahili belief. And that's why <coughs> when Nabi Zakaria later we will come to him. Mm-hmm. He wants a son who will inherit from him and from the family of Yaqub. Therefore the Quran given us enough ayahs. Mm-hmm. Now does Fatima al-Zahra alayhi salam <laughs> use that for Fedek? Absolutely right. Ahsan min hal. In Fatima al-Zahra's famous khutbah, mm. al-Fadakiyya, she uses this when the first Khalifa says that the prophets don't leave behind inheritance. Mm-hmm. Who's, more, who's got more knowledge? Fatima al-Zahra السلام, has more knowledge than any Khalifa of Islam. Let's make this clear. Fatima Great. is a part of me. Mm-hmm. Fatima on the day when Mubahala represented Islam. Mm. Fatima is the greatest of the women that's ever walked on the face of this earth mm-hmm. alongside Asia and Maryam and Khadija. Yep. You're coming with a hadith. Let's use Quran. Mm-hmm. They're telling her that Fedek has to be confiscated because prophets don't leave behind. So Sulaiman did not inherit Dawood. Now if somebody comes today and says, but there's a hadith. Who knows more, you or Fatima al-Zahra? Fatima al-Zahra. Honestly, let's ask this question. You who come today and say, but there's a hadith, prophets don't... who knows more, you or Fatima? Fatima. Fatima al-Zahra السلام, has more knowledge than all of these put together. And until today. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when Fatima al-Zahra السلام, says, 
that that fedak was given to me by my father mm. from the time of Khaybar, four years before yeah when the jews of fedak gave away their land after the battle of Khaybar. wa'ati dal qurba haqqa as the quran says wa'ati dal qurba haqqa allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the holy prophet had the permission he gave fedak to fatima now you're coming saying prophets don't leave behind inheritance and that's why the hadith is clear fatima died angry with so and so she made it clear now sayyidna i'm just going to read a few verses from the quran it says in chapter 38 verse 30 to 34 it says bismillah rahman rahim and to david we gave solomon an excellent servant indeed he was one repeatedly turning back to allah yes then mention when there were exhibited before him in the afternoon that poised standing racehorses. And he said, Indeed, I gave preference to the love of good things over the remembrance of my Lord until the sun disappeared into the curtain of the darkness. He said, Return them to me and set about striking their legs and necks. And we certainly tried Solomon and placed on his throne a body. Then he returned. Horses, dead bodies. Prophethood doesn't seem that easy. You're absolutely right, Minhal, and those four verses, Surah 38 of the Qur'an, verse 30 to 34, mm. I found them the hardest verses in this whole series on prophets mm. to explain. I still haven't come to a conclusion, I must be frank with you. Mm. You know, you ask me questions and... What's clear is that he has this great kingdom. Mm. What's clear is that he has these ajiyad, you know, mm-hmm. al-jawad, yeah. a horse, mm-hmm. ajiyad, he's got these wonderful horses. Mm-hmm. And something's taken place mm-hmm. where it seems that he's seeing all of the rows of the horses in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he's felt that looking at the order of his kingdom and these horses... has diverted him at that moment from the remembrance of his Lord. But he still feels there's an importance to doing this. Mm. Now someone will say, how could something divert you away from the remembrance of Allah? Well, if you have, for example, to pray Salat al-Layl, something keeps you away from Salat al-Layl, doesn't mean you've done anything haram. Maybe there was something at that moment more important than Salat al-Layl. Salat al-Layl at the end of the day is the remembrance of Allah. Mm Or maybe something of the Nawafil, let's say, mm-hmm. where he says that looking at those horses. Now, you know the problem with tafsir of these four ayahs in Surah Sad. And for the viewers out there, I would love if you could read those four ayahs. Try your hardest to delve more and see what's the meaning behind them. Mm-hmm. There's many Israeliyat hadith. Mm-hmm. Even the translations are problematic. You just said that he killed those horses. We don't believe he killed those horses. Even if we have those traditions, they could have been said under taqiyah. We don't believe that he killed those horses. Uh He strokes those horses. Those horses were part of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. But what's clear is that something had to be attended to in his kingdom. And looking at his horses and what was taking place with the order of that government was more important that moment than possibly the recital of a certain prayer. Okay. But still... He still wants to tell his Lord that, look, my Lord, I, I, I'm still close to you. Mm. And then 
all of a sudden he sees a dead body on his throne. There's two words for throne in the Quran, kursi and arsh. Mm. One is uh, a throne with small legs. The other is a throne with big legs. Okay. okay? Um, unless, of course, it's used with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's metaphorical. So what you have is that he sees a dead body. Whose dead body? Quran doesn't say whose dead body. What did the Quran say in verse 34? It says... And we certainly tried Solomon and placed on his throne a body. We placed on his throne a body. Whose body? Some say it was his son. His son died. Mm -hmm. From that moment when he saw his son died, that's when he said, Ya Allah, give me a kingdom, please, mm -hmm. which nobody else will have. If you're going to take away my son, see my son's dead body there. And Allah gave him the greatest of kingdoms. But once again, those four verses... Mm -hmm have always tested my limits, honestly. And I put my hands up and say, the verses about the horses and the verses about that jesed on the throne, there's, there's some... And that's why, inshallah, Imam Al-Hujjah will tell us all one day. Thank you very much for that first half on the beautiful life of Prophet Sulaiman Do stay tuned for the second half after the break. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. and a very warm welcome back to you all. Now before the break we were discussing the life of Prophet Sulaiman and that mystery body that appeared on his throne. Now Sayyidina in the Quran in chapter 27 verse 17 it says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and gathered for Solomon were his soldiers of the jinn and men and birds and they were marching in rows. What a kingdom. Mm. Did it? ever make him arrogant because the jinn is locked up and serving the wind is taking you in one day what people need a month to travel for and he has animals talking to him does that not make him arrogant at any point it's amazing you know i always say that nabi sulaiman and nabi dawood are a manifestation of allah's justice on earth mm -hmm. if ever we as human beings want to understand how Allah is with the animal kingdom. Look at Sulaiman and Dawood. Mm -hmm. If ever we want to understand how the world of the jinn operates under the command of Allah, look at Sulaiman and Dawood. If ever a person wants to see the justice towards the human being, look at Sulaiman and Dawood. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him that kingdom so that if anyone ever said that there can never be an all just environment in humanity's history then no doubt all you have to do is just come and look at Sulaiman and not once does his power and the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him his family mentions this in a number of a hadith mm. look at the humility of Sulaiman 
that with all of this kingdom, never once did it affect his moral conduct. And I think the secret of it is constantly remembering that all of this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. There is nothing that I'm able to do. Even if I own the biggest house in London, mm -hmm. that house is a trust from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. That house is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that I have ever done that's enough for me to have that blessing in terms of giving back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore you found that with Nabi Sulaiman never once, even though half the earth belonged to him, mm -hmm. half the earth belonged to somebody else. When half the earth belonged to him, you found that he had unbelievable humility for somebody who owns that much of the world. Now, we mentioned that the animal, his relation with the animal <coughs> kingdom. Surah An-Naml is actually named after an ant that was in his kingdom. And he's so humble to it. In chapter 27, verse 18, it says, Until they came upon the valley of the ants, and an ant said, O ants, enter your dwellings, that you not be crushed by Solomon and his soldiers, while they perceive not. So Solomon smiled, amused at her speech, and said, My Lord enabled me to be grateful for your favor. My Lord enabled me to be grateful. It's a wonderful, wonderful ayah. You rightly mentioned Surah An-Naml, An-Naml, Namla, ant. Yep. Allah names a chapter after an ant. Allah names a chapter after a spider. Allah names chapters. We have chapters named after elephants. We have chapters named after cattle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are there any other animals which Allah names a chapter after? I'm sure that there are other chapters. So what you find is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights to us that everything he has created has a certain mm -hmm. amount of rizq apportioned to it. Mm -hmm. Sulaiman alayhi salam highlighted even though you rule a kingdom, don't ruin the environment. Mm -hmm. Don't destroy the environment. Be it the plant habitat, be it the animal habitat. For all of these belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm -hmm. All of these are to be honored, are to be protected. And many people sadly do not realize this. Many of us, if we see, for example, an animal that's star starving, you look at some of our Arab countries, it's disgusting. Oof. In some of our Arab countries, I've seen the way that they've treated a donkey. And you couldn't wish that on your worst enemy, the way they treat a donkey. That is the worst treatment possible. Or the way they treat dogs. Yeah. You know, uh, you know there's, there's like dogs out there who are anorexic, you know. Mm -hmm. Nobody is even willing to feed them. And that's why there are certain non-Muslim countries which are more godly in their behavior of the animal kingdom. And a true just leader will always stress to the people, look after the dogs, look after the cats, look after the wildlife, don't ruin what Allah has blessed us with. Mm -hmm. And the interaction therefore with the ants is that interaction where the ants are thinking, you know, any normal ruler will just trample all over us. Mm. Sulaiman has the ability to talk to the animal kingdom. Mm. And he, he talks to the ant and he's like, you know, I would never do this, I'm a... A prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, my duty is to establish justice, not just with the humans. Those jinn who are troublemakers, mm -hmm. we're going to make sure that the troublemakers amongst them are locked up. Yeah. And the ones I need to be my servants, I'm going to make them mm -hmm. go into the sea and get me whatever I want. So the jinn were quiet, they weren't messing about. And with the animal kingdom as well. And there's this lovely interaction where he's holding the, the ant and... He's telling the ant about the importance of justice and then um, he asks uh, the ant, who's greater, me or you? And the ant replies, I'm greater at this moment. And so Nabi Sulaiman says, how? 
She said, I'm standing in the hand of a prophet while you're standing in the ground. Mm. It's a beautiful line, you know. Beautiful. And this brings smiles to Nabi Sulaiman salam. You know, the ant is, is made, it's made a humorous comment. Mm-hmm. That is that I'm on the hand of a prophet. Whereas you're just on the ground. I'm greater now. Subhanallah. And so that interaction with the animal kingdom, I think was a lesson to all of us. Mm-hmm. That religion isn't just about caring for other humans. Mm-hmm. But that religion involves caring about the rights of animals. When I see the RSPCA and I see other organizations in the world who look after, you know, the, the you know, there's pandas and polar bears and yeah. and lions and tigers and endangered species those people deserve a lot of rewards and that's part of the ethos of the quran now sayyidna coming to one of my favorite stories the story of prophet Suleiman with the queen of sheba yes. queen sheba um her pe- and her people of course it's an amazing story could you shed some light on it that's most beautiful story no doubt Sheba, Balqis. Balqis. Phenomenal lady. Absolutely phenomenal. There are certain ladies mentioned in the Quran, like Maryam, like Balqis, like Asiya. So many beautiful lessons from them. She owns half the world, he owns the other. Mm-hmm. They've never met each other. SubhanAllah. Normally, the people who are owning everything know of each other. Warren yeah. Buffett knows of Bill Gates. Bill mm-hmm. Gates knows of Warren Buffett. <laughs> She doesn't know him. And he doesn't know her. He's marching back from... He's gone to Hajj. Mm. And um, he's coming from Mecca. And all of a sudden, he looks around. He's like, wait, I'm looking at the order of the birds in the sky. Remember, the birds mm. could talk to him. Yeah. Where's the hood-hood? Where's the hoopoe bird? Mm. <coughs> so he's looking for the hoopoe bird Sends the falcon and the eagle Find the hoopoe They see the hoopoe bird They're like, listen, you're in trouble Because there's an order to this government mm-hmm. And we can't just let people slack Another lesson in government Yes. Don't put people in positions Who are slacking Or are rubbish at what they're doing Mm. Simply because they're your best friend or your family, you're putting him in that position. Yeah. You know, when a, when a sports minister of a country can't walk, there's a problem. Mm. Um, and when the health minister of a country can't spell, there's a problem. And when the economics minister of a country has not finished high school, there's a problem. Yep. <coughs> and there's this metaphor that's given that here's this bird which has duties. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala khalaqa samawat wal ard. Angels have a role. The animal kingdom has a role. The humans have a role. The jinn have a role. The plants have a role. If one of these is in disorder, there's a mess. Mm-hmm. Where have you been, Hupo bird? I've seen a kingdom as great as Suleiman's. Everyone's baffled. What? Where? Some mention Yemen and so on. May Allah bless the people of Yemen in these difficult, dark days yeah. that they face. Inshallah, ya Allah. There's a lady there. She rules her people with justice. An example mm-hmm. of how a lady can lead according to this story where Allah doesn't say don't put the lady in power, don't put the lady in authority. Suleiman says there's somebody with half that power. How? 
sent to her a letter telling her that you, what you're worshipping, is something unjust for your people. They weren't worshipping God in the way God should be worshipped. Whether they're worshipping the sun or people are worshipping, they're not worshipping God in the way it should be worshipped. When she receives this, the letter begins Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. How many times is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the Quran? 113. At the beginning of each surah, except which one? Tawbah. Tawbah, yes. The 114th mention is in Surah An-Naml, in the letter to Sheba. So there's 114 chapters in the Quran. 113 begin in the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Only one dozen Surah to Tawbah or Surah Bara. Then where is it mentioned? In Surah An-Naml. إِنَّهُ مِنْ سُلَيْمَانُ وَإِنَّهُ بِسْمِ اللَّهَ الرَّحْمَانَ الرَّحِيمُ Inviting her towards the path of God. She said it's an honorable letter. Send him some gifts. Why? If he's a true prophet of God, he's not going to be affected by gifts. If he's not a prophet of God, he'll take the gifts and forget about all of this. True? Yep, very true. When he sees this, he's unhappy with the response. Mm. So he tells them, what do we do? Invites her towards them, otherwise he's going to go towards her. By that moment he's sitting. Nabi Sulaiman has the jinn serving him. Yes. He has humans serving him. Mm-hmm. The wind can take him somewhere where you need to travel a month, it takes him there in a day. He says, who can bring me her throne right now? Right now, I want her throne. Baba, where is she? She's on the other side of the world. Yeah. Minhal, I say to you at this moment, Minhal, I forgot my laptop in Sydney, Australia. I want it now. Say, Sayyidina, FedEx. Sayyidina, UPS. Sayyidina, Korea. Sayyidina. No, no, Minhal, I want my laptop now. One of the jinn, mm-hmm. the court of Sulaiman, said, I'll bring it to you before you get up. He used to go to work in the mornings, Nabi mm-hmm. Sulaiman. Didn't used to slack off just because he's the leader. Mm-hmm. If I have to go to work, I have to go to work. This is justice. Yes. One of the jinns said, I'll bring it to you before you get up. Meaning, if you, you go to work at nine, you go back home at midday, mm-hmm. I'll bring it to you before then. Three hours. That's brilliant timing. Very good. <laughs> Someone who had some knowledge of the book. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll bring it to you before you blink. There it was in front of him. I'll bring it to you before you... It was there. Subhanallah. The whole throne of Shiva was there. Mm-hmm. And it's mentioned in the Quran. That person had some knowledge of the book. Look what he was able to do. In chapter 27, verse 14, it mentions the, the exact moment. It said, uh, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim said, One who had knowledge from the scripture... I will bring it to you before your glance returns to you. And when Solomon saw it placed before him, he said, This is from the favor of my Lord to test me whether I will be grateful or ungrateful. And whoever is grateful, his gratitude is only for the benefit of himself. And whoever is ungrateful, then indeed my Lord is free from, free of need and generous. His name was Asif bin Barkhiyah. Now I'll ask you a question. 
If he has ilmum min al-kitab, what does that say about our Ahlul Bayt? Let me explain it. Asif bin Barkhiyya was the wasi of Sulaiman. Quran says he has ilm min al-kitab. Some knowledge of the book. Not ilm al-kitab. Ilm min al-kitab. There are those who have ilm al-kitab. They have knowledge of the book. They ask the Prophet, peace be upon his family, Asif bin Barkhiyya. Mm-hmm. He's a prophet? No, he's a successor. Wasi. Mm-hmm. When we say he had ilm min al-kitab, what does that mean? He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you were to say he has 73 portions of ilm, one out of 73 he gave to Asif bin Barkhiya. And therefore Asif bin Barkhiya was able to have the queen of Sheba's throne there without Sulaiman blinking. Mm-hmm. Not even a blink, it was there. Yeah. He said, Muhammad and Al Muhammad have been given 72 out of the 73 portions of the ilm of Allah. What do you think? Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Imam Ali, Imam Al Hassan, Imam Al Hussein. These are Khuzan al ilm, the treasure store, the treasure store of knowledge. Mm. Truly in your wilaya, Islam was complete because the ilm of Allah on earth. When mm-hmm. Rasulullah says, Ana ilm wa Ali okay. I am the city of knowledge and Ali is it? Gays. Therefore today when people come and say, you Shia, you exaggerate your imams, you say your imams. Habibi in the Quran, Asif bin Barakhiya is not a prophet. Mm-hmm. He is able to bring a throne from one side of the world to the other without blinking. Mm-hmm. Why don't you say Allah exaggerated? What's wrong? Say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exaggerated. No, you wouldn't. But it's not a prophet. Why when it's Asif bin Barkhiyah, it's okay. When it's Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi salam, you find that the hate emerges straight away. Yeah. Cannot take it. Still. Some people, their love of Ali is pure. Others, it's by default. Mm. Had they been at Jamal and Safin, they would have been proud to be with Muawiyah and Muawiyah's lookalikes. Mm. And some don't deny it, by the way. Had they been at Jamal, they would have said, I would have fought Ali next to the mother of the believers. Had I been at Safin, they said Muawiyah was right, Ali was right. For some, they cannot. Some are not of pure birth, you can't blame them. You know, some don't know who their fathers were. Then there are others, no, others cannot appreciate that the Quran gives you hints. Sulaiman wants the throne of the Queen of Sheba. Asif bin Barkhiya is able to bring it to you. Asif bin Barkhiya is Nabi Asif, Rasul Asif. Then why do you believe that he's able to do this? When he can, then why can the gate to the city of knowledge, why can't he do this? What surprises you? Khaybar, you couldn't believe? Mm, the one who's not born of purity cannot appreciate these things. I must make this clear. Not everybody can appreciate Ali ibn Abi Talib and the sons of Amir al-Mu'mineen. Not everybody. The ones who can, from their mother's milk, they knew Amir al-Mu'mineen. Mm. Now, Sayyidna, the community around Prophet Sulaiman the children of Israel were still causing a mess with magic 
And even the story of Harut and Marut mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, it was not Solomon who disbelieved, but the devils disbelieved, teaching people magic, and that which was revealed to the two, to the two angels at Babylon, Harut and Marut. Yes, well, Nabi Sulaiman's story, you know, any story that's got jinn in it, you know mm. it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a quite a messy affair. Yep. Um, and yeah, Bani Israel, Bani Israel just wouldn't stop. And again, they continue to cause a mess. How? They start working magic in the most evil way. But Nabi Sulaiman has a control on his kingdom. So he gets their books and he hides them. Making sure that nobody is able to access the books of their magic mm -hmm. that they were doing. What do they do later on? They get hold of those books and they start working that magic again. And Babylon becomes a center of magic. And we need a whole discussion alone on magic one day. Mm -hmm. And the different types of magic. Yeah. And the absurdities of magic. And the evil effects of magic. And the prohibition. We have books of fiqh with chapters on magic and magicians. Anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends two angels according to hadiths Harut and Marut. Mm -hmm. They're able to neutralize the evil of the magic which was brought about in Babel uh, by Bani Israel. But Nabi Sulaiman when he saw Bani Israel into entering the world of magic, I don't know, Bani Israel lost causes in all honesty. Yes. Now the death of Prophet Sulaiman is a lesson for all including the jinn as it mentions in chapter 34 verse 14. It says, uh, and we decreed for Solomon death, nothing indicated to the jinn his death except the creature of the earth eating his staff. But when he fell, it became clear to the jinn that if they had known the unseen, they would not have remained in humiliating punishment. Yes, no doubt. Um, it was amazing that, you know, Nabi Sulaiman, the moment that that Asr Barqiyah bought her throne, um, this was, you know, before he had passed away, he bought her throne. Now, Balqis, Sheba, she comes all the way. Mm. And when Balqis comes all the way, what does she find? She enters, she sees the palace of Sulaiman. She sees water. Now, you as a queen, what do you do? You see water there. What are you going to do? You lift your dress because mm -hmm. you think that the dress will get wet. 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 The glass in the palace of Sulaiman was so fine, she couldn't see it. She thought it was just water. She didn't know there was fine glass on top of the water. At that moment, she said, if the palace of Sulaiman is so great that it deceived the queen of Sheba's eyes, then how great is the palace of the Lord of Sulaiman Subhanallah. Sheba, therefore, straight away, she saw her throne. Sulaiman says, is that your throne? When she realized that this Sulaiman is able to bring my throne over, how did he get here? Truck, lorry, plane? <laughs> she turned towards the Lord of Sulaiman. And Alhamdulillah, eventually, there are some narrations that mention that they got married to one another. So, therefore, that story of Sheba and Sulaiman, how that throne became fundamental, you'd think the children of Israel and the rest would be affected, but sadly, they continue to neglect. SubhanAllah. The blindness of some people. Now, saying that, is it true that he had relations with 700 to 1,000 women and that he worshipped their idols? As it mentions in the Bible, in the first chapter of Kings, I believe, in chapter 11, verses 7 to 8. Scandalous. Mm. Nabi Sulaiman sleeping with 700 to 1,000 women is ridiculous. And there are people who still believe this until today. 
because they say the Bible says it or they say there's hadiths that say it. It's ridiculous. No prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have a thousand ladies in his palace and sleep from one to the other. This sadly are fabrications in our Israeliyat and far from Nabi Sulaiman's behavior would he ever do such a thing. Yeah. Now Sayyidina, we're going to take a few questions from WhatsApp. Uh, this one says, uh, I wanted to know what's the real reason behind why we touch our head when reminding of Imam al-Mahdi. Imam al-Mahdi is in our opinion alive. So when I go like this, when I hear the name of Imam Mahdi, I know that my Imam's alive with me. I see someone who's normal in a Fatha and Ahsani, and I'll be like, whatever, Allah bil khair, and so on. Or, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Let alone the Imam of my time. And we have hadith from Imam al-Radha alayhi salam talking to us about this greeting. Sayyidina, this question says, Salams, and I'd like to have one matter clarified by Dr. Sayyid Ammar. He mentions that Mujtahs can have different opinions at a single point in time. But this may seem contradictory to the Muslims um, who feels that a single community of Shia people have two different moon sites or any material legislative differences. How do we explain that these differences are strength and this can actually be in our favor? It's very normal. Law by its nature is open to interpretation. And number two, you go to any field, you can have two doctors who are specialists mm -hmm. and they could give you two different opinions about heart surgery. It's very normal. These are all fallibles. Now Sayyidina, the death of Prophet Sulaiman mm. what effect did that have on the jinn? What was the lesson? For well, the jinn were claiming slowly that they had knowledge of the unseen. Sulaiman was looking at his kingdom and he's standing there. The angel of death took his soul, but he stayed in that same position. Everybody was still thinking Sulaiman was alive. Mm. Jinn were going around saying, we have knowledge of the unseen. We're able to tell you what's happening. They didn't even know that he had died. This was a lesson for the jinn. Be humble. And subhanAllah, Nabi Sulaiman, eventually when he moved forward and died, people realized that how fickle our knowledge is. He had died for a few days without any of us knowing. Mm -hmm. And we claim that we know everything. Ahsan Sayyidina, thank you very much for your Ahsan time tonight. God bless. And that beautiful story of the life of Prophet Sulaiman one of my favorite stories. Inshallah, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode on the life of Prophet Yunus salam. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to look at our audio library for more content on Quran, ethics, lifestyle, and spirituality. Imam Hussein TV3, your gateway to Karbala.